It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. Blackballed is dropping soon on The Ringer NFL feed. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Shoes. Outside of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, what two wrestlers would you most like to see hug at WrestleMania this year? Oh my God. That is a phenomenal cold open question of the week. I think <laughs> would it would it kill would it destroy the world if like CM Punk and Triple H hugged it out? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> would people even be chanting hug it out? Like if they were just standing at a, at odds with one another. Maybe you know? now but they will. Now they probably would. I think now uh we we've we've learned the rules that if you chant hug it out for at least three-fourths of the show, you have to do it mm-hmm. at, at some point, whether on camera, off camera. Like, that is the wrestling rules. Like, and every time you give the people what they want, it always works out. The best friends, Team Hell No, Sammy and Kevin, fuck a, fuck a five-star match, fuck an extreme rules table, falling off a Hell in a Cell. You will not see wrestling fans erupt louder then when they chant for a hug and they get a hug, it is mm, electric. There should be a hug it out match stipulation. It's sort of like instead of I quit, it's just like, no, you have to hug me with love in your eyes if you want to give up. Oh I thought you were going to say like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if like uh, Brock and Omos just threw each other around for like 10 minutes? <laughs> Every the ring, All the ring tables are smashed. Just everything's in disarray. And then they just sort of look at each other and smile and hug. Like, yeah, we did it. We did it. Yeah, there's so much There's so much weird wrestling beef. I, I, I want to see a lot of people just hug it out and just let's, just, let's just give the people what they want, man. They want it. Michael Cole wants it. These fans want it. Everybody wants it. What would be the least over hug? The least over hug. Oh what if like if, if Vince and Shane hugged in the main event of WrestleMania this year? What would the crowd do? It'll look like uh, ECW <laughs> barely was it barely legal when they just threw all the chairs into the crowd. All those commemorative WrestleMania chairs that yeah, are in the first. Like, those, you could th- throw those like three feet. Those oh things are God. heavy as hell. 
I can, I can, I think I can launch one into the ring from from the second row. I think I, I need a running start. It's assault with a deadly weapon. At least, <laughs> you know, watch out for the LAPD. Anyway, we're going to talk about this hug. The hug heard around the world. Yes, Let's yes, start yes. The show. Let's do it. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. Mask Mondays with Kaz. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. Great weekend. Really excited. Shout out to everybody who was super duper excited about the Usos and Solo Sokoa uh, coming to Wale Mania to open up the Mass Man Show live. Uh, but I'm excited, man. We are 10 days away from the biggest show of the, week, of the year. Let's do it. Um, and I met Wale Mania, not WrestleMania. WrestleMania is like two weeks away. <laughs> we're going to talk the hug. Uh, first news breaking this morning was that Andy Kaufman is going to be uh, the celebrity entrant into the pro- at WWE Hall of Fame. Well overdue. Well, well overdue. Well, on the one, on the one over- hand, you can say well overdue. I think I'll, I'll accept that. On the other hand, I have no time for why isn't filling the blank in the WWE Hall of Fame questions because the no, answer is it's a show. But 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 if you have a celebrity wing of a pro wrestling Hall of Fame, you, you can't have Andy Kaufman not be a part of that, right? Like it's it's like if you're opening up a a non NBA wing of the basketball hall of fame and you don't put like the Harlem Globetrotters in there, right? Like it's like, well, what do you what other way were we uh, you know entertained by wrestling before this thing sort of happened? So uh I think I think it was uh I think it was a great call. Especially in Hollywood. No, I mean listen, if they WWE ever actually opened up a physical Hall of Fame, they probably have to rush some inductions or at least just have <laughs> some, you know, yeah. ceremony to be named later sort of section where like these people are honorarily in. But yeah aren't they uh, or weren't they like discussing like making one of those two like an actual physical hall there was of fame? a talk of doing one in florida i think in orlando it was just sort uh. of uh i think there was this sort of discussion about tax permit tax breaks and, and and whatever else that went on um yeah i think there's just a lot of logistical questions yeah i remember specifically there was talk about having like a that uh a hologram of andre the giant when you walked in yes triple h talked about that. about that yeah i mean they should have one they could have one i think that they probably would have to do They'd have to figure out exactly what they want to do. There's a big difference yeah. between a museum of WWE history and a pro wrestling Hall of Fame and museum. Or you know what they could do? I mean, I don't know what they're doing with this build, this Stanford building that they're moving out of into like mm-hmm. that brand new, holy shit, WWE building that you can see off the highway. Uh, but when you walk into that, you know, the, the, the regular Stanford office, it kind of feels like a Hall of Fame already, right? Like as soon as you walk in, there's like a big Undertaker statue, there's an Andre statue. In the elevators, there's like... 
you know, um, inductees and plaques and all this type of stuff. So, I mean, like, you could pretty much just flip that into it does, something. But it also feels kind of small, right? I mean, like, if you've been to a... Yeah. It, it, like it's, it pales in comparison to... I mean, you don't even have to like the Country Western right? Museum. I mean, like, yeah, the, the Country Music Hall of Fame, which was in Nashville, I went to when we were there for SummerSlam, is a whole different... Thing. I mean, even if you go to, like, the NASCAR Hall of Fame Museum in Charlotte or whatever, like, it's they're super state-of-the-art giant things. They should maybe... I mean, ideally, they could just do that in the new office, right? It's like whenever right. you thought about going to visit, like the, um, you know, like the the Marvel Comics offices as a kid, or like whatever that you just kind of thought the whole thing would be like it would just be one giant funhouse full of like memorabilia and statues and stuff, even though it was probably just like a boring office. Right, uh, right that would right. be really awesome. Anyway, Andy Kaufman's a really interesting one because he doesn't really have any WWE history. Um, outside of his relationship with longtime employee Jerry the King Lawler, obviously, who's, uh, I think, still recovering from a stroke. Um, not a lot of updates there. But um, WWE doesn't even own the tape library that en- encompasses uh, Andy mm. Kaufman's run in Memphis, as far as I know. Okay. That um, makes sense. So it's it's a it's a pretty bold move in the sense of it not of being like a, not a historical, a WWE historical uh, induction. It wouldn't be the first I mean, the wrestler that they put in that's outside of the WWE history, but certainly the first. It wouldn't be the first wrestler in this class that doesn't have sure. a whole lot of WWE right, history. Right, because Muda's I mean. in too. Because Muda's in, right? Yeah. So, you know. But they own, NW, I mean, they own WCW, right? They own, yeah. they own a lot They own a lot of Muda footage. Okay, I mean, in okay. American Muda footage. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... So yeah, it, it, that's an interesting thing. Or do you think we're looking at the sort of much theorized post Vince era of the hall of, of the hall of fame or of like WWE's wrapping its arms around wrestling history that kind of, you know, people, we, we all, like I said, theorized about it before Vince stepped down before. And of course we saw it with, with, um, war games coming back at survivor series and all this kind of people have sort of thought that triple H might have more of a, but might lean more in that direction than mm-hmm. the previous regime. Do you think this is part of that tradition or do you think this is just, this is whatever it was, it's LA, you know, yeah. that, I, I, uh, Tony, I, I, Tony Danza is not traveling to Memphis <laughs> to induct anybody or to Dallas or whatever, but you know, he can make some time in LA. Like what, what do you think? I don't know. I, I, I kind of uh, see myself, uh, with more of the latter, thinking more of the latter, right? Like it's just kind of something that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and honestly, it kind of makes the most sense because, like, you're starting to run out of people, right? Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna go with the original way of putting people into the WWE Hall of Fame, right, where it's just you know people who made an impact in the WWE and blah blah, blah and you know, then there's that weird sort of you know version or, or or I guess wing of the Hall of Fame of like people that aren't super old or aren't. Retire like you know, like Rey Mysterio going into that like Bella Twins Edge wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. I guess Kurt Angle also, you know what I mean? Like I think you know, eventually you just run out of people, and instead of like fishing or you know, just really like you know, not I don't want to say fishing because all of these you know people that are inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame are definitely worthy and you know deserving and have given their bodies to be at least putting in this. So absolutely, but what I'm saying is it's probably just the easier thing to do is just embrace wrestling history as a whole instead of like going super like into the deep cuts and putting like silk into the WWE Hall of Fame. And it's like, I fucking love silk, but it's like, you know, like it would probably make more sense to put people in there that might've had huger names or bigger names in the wrestling world that may not necessarily have that 
all happened in the WWE. So um, I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of put myself more in the ladder of that. Like, I don't think this is necessarily a uh, post-Vince era imagination of what the WWE Hall of Fame should be. I just think it's the smarter business thing to do when you want to sell people on the interest of the Hall of Fame. And, you know, if I'm a huge wrestling fan and I'm seeing, like, the great Muda is going to be in the middle of a ring at the Crypto.com arena on Friday night, like, yeah, I want to go see that. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of gets you more excited to go check it out. And it opens the door up for so many more people, especially you know, uh, when they're calling it a career like the great Muda did to truly get their flowers that they're supposed to get in, uh, you know, towards the end of their career. And as far as uh, other Hall of Fames or pro wrestling is concerned, WWE is probably the best sort of stage or landscape to, you know, give your swan song to the to the wrestling world. So uh, I think it's just a smarter thing to do. Yeah, man, I'm super excited about it. I mean, his his run in Memphis predates my childhood fandom, mm-hmm. um, but I'm obviously a huge fan of Memphis wrestling and, and a fan of Andy Kaufman. Besides, it's one of the most sort of formative parts. I mean, I, I think that what happens a lot of times, and this isn't just exclusive to wrestling history. This is it's the way we deal with history. Things sort mm-hmm. of get normalized over as time passes right they seem things you can say oh my god it was revolutionary it was groundbreaking whatever but like it's hard to go back and watch early episodes of like ecw tv and feel like it's that big of a deal right it's like okay this this is this feels sort of passe now right 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 kaufman it never feels like that but kaufman no matter how times you say i mean it's it's hard it's, it's really hard to put into words how kind of insidious that whole run was i mean he like it's campy, right? It's corny. This guy gets in the ring in 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 long johns and and offers a take on any woman from the crowd in a wrestling match. Shoot, you know, and like and and would and would like pin a woman in this at a point in time where, you know, man versus woman in sports was a big topic of conversation and just get I mean just do really really try to get booed. You know, I mean there's a lot of we can talk a lot about how Wrestlers like know that getting booed is as good as getting cheered, but man, there's not a lot of people that go out there just trying to egg people on. MJF is probably the closest, and you see what kind of shit he gets into for throwing a drink on a kid. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe justifiably, but but you know that Andy Kaufman would have thrown, would have dumped a a truckload of tequila on a small baby if it meant getting the boo that he you know, and he wouldn't have had to do that. But it's not just heel antics it's pushing boundaries i tweeted today that the only pro- appropriate induction for for andy kaufman in the hall of fame would have the mouth to sell jimmy hart read the great gatsby cover to cover in front of the microphone and that's because andy kaufman once did that as like a bit he like we people were expecting him to be funny and he just started reading the great gatsby until everybody left right that's his idea of like like just pushing boundaries and it's real. It's he's he was a performer unlike any other. Everybody's going to say it. And in some ways, you look back and it's like, oh, it made sense in pro wrestling, whatever. It was so weird that he was in <laughs> wrestling, and it made his feud with Lawler so much more real because he didn't look like an like a guy who could go toe to toe with Lawler. We know we knew that he couldn't, but also he but he like deserved to get punched in the face and not in just the way that Jimmy Hart deserves to get punched in the face, whatever heel manager or whatever, like he was asking for it. And 
I don't know. I mean, the I'm from Hollywood shtick was one thing, but really, really like, like working heel in a way that so few people have ever done. Really wanting to get hated is such a, it, it, it was, it was really unique and it still is. And it's not as, like I said, you can see from the, the reaction MJF gets that like, it's hard to, you can't even push it as far as he did anymore. Um, no. I mean, even now you can't, not like you could back then. It was even wilder back then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's just, he's, he's one of one. He should have always, I mean, he is, he, you're right. He should have been a day one member of any pro wrestling hall of fame, at least if there's a celebrity wing or whatever. And, and he's, he's, I'm, I'm excited to see WWE acknowledge that. I think even in addition to the MJF stuff and, and being able to push boundaries, I think what so much celebrity tie into WWE mm-hmm. right now between Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, Batista on the outside, The Rock, John Cena, you're in Hollywood. Like, it just makes Johnny Knoxville last year, like, it, it just makes the most sense that not only were as a wrestling fan, you're looking at it as something that's boundary pushing, but as a casual fan, you're seeing somebody who's more recognizable bring in this form of entertainment that may not be as recognizable to you and make it palatable to you. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that Andy Kaufman did for professional wrestling. He helped make pro wrestling very palatable for casual television viewers because of his stardom. And that's Mm -hmm. what you hope to get Anytime a Logan Paul is on TV or a Bad Bunny's on TV or Batista returns or Cena returns or The Rock returns or any of these sort of things. Andy Kaufman sort of, you know, and obviously the Cindy Lauper's of the world and the, you know, Liberace's and Muhammad Ali's. There's been a million celebrities that have come in and out WWE and they've all gotten their just due as far as being in the Hall of Fame. But uh, you said it, nobody really pushed the boundaries like he did. And uh, it is absolutely something that is uh, worth uh, being enshrined in the Hall of Fame for. So uh, kudos to his family. I hope they get to enjoy the moment. And, uh, you know, I hope people uh, young and old, but more specifically old, get to go up to that family and tell them just how much what Andy Kaufman did helped uh, grow the entire wrestling industry as a whole. Um, He does have a child. Yes. Okay. There you go. The child. Yeah. I mean, it's just this is just good for history. And, you know, I'm excited to I'm excited to see them do it. Yeah, me too, man. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. 
Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Speaking of good things that are good for history, it's nice to see friends like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens reunite. Um, Mm. Mm. On Friday night, uh, SmackDown opened with Cody Rhodes inviting the two of them into the ring to try to get them to sort of get back on the same page, and then they didn't, and the show ended. Um with the hug that we were all waiting for and with Cody Rhodes smiling at the monitor backstage in an image that will that has already been passed around social media and will continue to be repurposed with Cody Rhodes backstage smiling at whatever you want to stick on that monitor. Um, uh, maybe the, maybe not the most seamless insertion of Cody Rhodes into this storyline. And yet in that closing segment during the beatdown. And you, I mean, you, it was one of those, you know, it's going to happen and, but it, it doesn't take away from how good it feels when it does sort of things, you know, like it's, it was, they've done a really good job, especially if you look back a few months ago, being that we're ending up where we thought we were going. Mm -hmm. They feel like they've done a really good job of getting us there and making us really care about the Usos versus Zane and, and Owens. What do you think? What what was your emotional what was your emotional level on Friday night? I thought I thought they well. First off, I had a, a ear infection that day, so I was like still loopy. So maybe I was a little bit emotional than I thought I was going to be. So I didn't live tweet the whole thing, right? Like I waited until like the next day or two until I really absorbed. I was like, was this good? Did they do this right? Like I'm like, this is where we go. I'm like, all right, cool. And then the next day, I really watched it in totality, and I got to disagree, Dave. I think I think Cody's. Uh, insertion into the storyline kind of worked perfectly. It kind of worked perfectly. Like, Cody, first off, hypes up Sami Zayn on the way to the Elimination Chamber, telling him to go take care of Roman Reigns' business, right? And I I think Cody is so uniquely qualified to peel back the curtain a little bit to make it make sense to people who may not know why Cody has so much um, investment in Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's friendship. Uh, that when he comes back um, and he says, hey, man, like a lot of people may not know this, but the reason why I have so much love and respect for this guy is because when I left this, this company, I needed some guidance. And he's basically saying like, yo, I did not know how the indie market worked. Somebody teach me how to be indie. And, you know, Kevin Owens, for the artist formerly known as Kevin Steen, is one of those guys that, you know, introduced... Cody Rhodes to the Young Bucks, which he said in in so many words, since I guess this is WWE and you can't mention uh, official names. Cody was introduced to the Young Bucks by Kevin Owens. And he basically said, dude, that introduction changed my life. Uh, it gave me a better value of my life. I helped launch this company that put me in a position to now mm-hmm. I'm seeing like a main event fucking deal coming back to WWE. And it's all because of you. So I need to do this. Right? So it made sense if you were paying attention to exactly what he's saying. And of course, yeah. because of the AEW of it all, he couldn't exactly say it in those words, but that's basically mm-hmm. what he was saying. And um, I think they worked him in perfectly because now 
you know, if you look at Cody or you just look at the entire bloodline storyline or Roman Reigns' championship reign, every single time Roman Reigns has found uh, himself in any sort of real imminent danger of losing the titles, he had the Usos backing him up. And when he didn't have the Usos, he had Solo backing him up. Or he had Paul Heyman backing him up, whatever. Now, at least, at least for now, you have the Usos occupied. Um, at least for now, you have a straight-up one-on-one match with Roman Reigns. And I think if you're, uh, if you're looking at this as a very real sporting event, you used to go into st- you go into sporting modes or sporting competitions with what gives me the best advantage, and the best advantage is isolating Roman and making him focus solely on me. Make it personal, right? So, um, I think they made that make sense, and it kind of worked perfectly. And I- I'll say this about the reuniting at the end. You know what I mean? I tweeted out a video uh, this week of that hug. When I said, when, and I said in so many words, uh, when wrestling is good, it's the greatest form of entertainment there is, bar none. Mm-hmm. Now, as wrestling fans, fan people that listen to this show, people that listen to this podcast, we deal with a lot of terrible wrestling. Like we deal with a lot of like, why do I watch this? We deal with a lot of, uh, okay, if somebody walked into the room and seen me watching this, <laughs> and I didn't have like a real way to explain it, I'm gonna look crazy, right? Everybody who saw that video and saw me tweet that video, I would say maybe 20% of my followers uh, probably had no clue what the context of that video was. All they saw was two grown men hugging in the middle of the ring and an entire arena going absolutely apeshit, right? And that's the beauty of it, man. Like, once you could make it emotional and make it real and not just be about, but it's got to be Sammy to win the title or, but it's got to be Jay to end the bloodline or all this type of stuff. Now it's about friendship, right? The bloodline Mm -hmm. storyline is about loyalty, but the decades long Sammy Zayn, Kevin Owens, El Generico, Kevin Steen story is about friendship and brotherhood. And how does that work? And when you fall out and you come back and all these types of things. So, I think for credit to Sammy, who kind of worked himself into a, a position that a lot of people don't really like being in, where it's like, I'm over as fuck, but I know I'm not going to be, you know, the headliner for WrestleMania for obvious reasons, but still mm-hmm. making us give a fuck about this, you know? So I think everybody from Kevin to Sammy to Cody to the Usos to Jay, all played their roles absolutely perfectly. Even Michael Cole on commentary had like some Socrates level Shakespearean <laughs> sort of soliloquy on friendship that he's saying. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like this is just, this is, this is cinema. This is why you watch. This is why the, the body slams make sense. This is why the wrestling moves have, you know, value behind it. It's because of the emotional connection that is drawn from these people and when you could sprinkle in a little real life in there as well it makes it even that much better so i think they just hit that one out the fucking park on friday night it was awesome yeah it's i particularly like what you were saying about the 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 decades-long story between Mm. 
Steen and Generico. I mean, wh- whoever, whoever you want to identify these two guys. Sorry for breaking kayfabe. Um, <laughs> I do think that sort of relates to what we were talking about earlier in the show, right? Yes. It's it's a sort of acknowledgement of pro wrestling's uh, history outside of the confines of WWE. And I think on the Book of Wrestling podcast, we say it on this show, but I say over and over again on that show, what really makes the Attitude Era stand out is that it's a brief shining moment in WWE history where they conscientiously decided, consciously decided to not treat the fans like idiots. Yes. Right? <laughs> and part of what that means is acknowledging the world, right? I mean, if you say, I mean, Cody Rhodes since his return, they've been more or less on the up and up without saying something that would lead you to go change the channel, right? But like to acknowledge that that the world outside pro wrestling exists is not always necessary in some literal sense, but it really is necessary in terms of tell in, in terms of being honest with your fans. But more like, importantly, yo. but more importantly, it, it it's super helpful in telling stories. Like it validates the work that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did prior to coming to WWE. I mean, we've seen it over and over again, right? I mean, it gave them an entry point, or for Owens in particular, into NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone back to the well time and time again on the main roster. It's like we've always, I'm all, it's almost, I've said it almost dismissively in years past. We published a piece on the ring. I mean, by by JJ McGee, there's a lot of great stuff about it. Uh, but you could almost say dismissively, it's like, well, when in doubt, just do that again, right? It's like <laughs> the, it's like the the second. Uh, Sean, Sean uh, Razor ladder match. It's just like, yeah, we don't have a storyline for this. Just tell Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon, just tell the fans that they want it, they got it, right? You know, I mean, do it's, it again. But it really does obviously deepen storytelling, you know, the same way that a family growing up together deepens the, the, the stakes for a story like the bloodline, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not, doesn't necessarily reflect real life, it does reflect a real history and reflects, you know, what's been going on in, in the pro wrestling world for, for years and years. So I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's, um, Friday, the segment Friday. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I don't mean to, to, to I I'm, I'm reacting when I, when I joke about it, I'm reacting more to the memes I've already seen and the knowledge that this will be a meme well into the future, uh, <laughs> than I am actually like Cody's involvement. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 you know, it does make storyline sense. Um, it's not really what Cody did, I guess, so much as just Cody's like, like kind of taking on the role of like, uh, um, proud like dad. The, yeah. The well, no, it's room. a sort of John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. The on screen locker room leader. Like, really? Yeah. Like, is that, is that maybe that's who he is? I don't know. I kind of, I mean, think- that's definitely who he is. I, I would, I would think that a lot of people sort of look up to Cody now as like the locker room leader, especially after leaving the locker room mm-hmm. and coming back and knowing like how many people pretty much relied on him for a livelihood for a long time. So, and on top of that, it sort of validates WWE's investment in him as yeah. far as like not mentioning him until he showed up at WrestleMania mm-hmm. and making it seem like this dude is a big deal for a reason. So you mm-hmm. have to acknowledge all the shit that happens outside of WWE or else... If I'm a casual fan and has no idea what's going on, I'm just like, why am I watching? This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's it's been a. I just thought it was really well done, man. Like I'm just a big fan of. I'm just a big fan of doing the hits. Sometimes, yo, like sometimes we get into our own heads of the overthinking stuff and be like, oh, well. 
it should have been in Montreal because they're both from Montreal and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm sure. But like, I probably wouldn't have made the most sense at the time if there wasn't some actual stakes involved. If Kevin didn't really like, you know, which I always say Kevin's true gimmick is the only guy who watches the show, right? <laughs> like, like in most cases in wrestling canon, you're from Winnipeg, you're from uh, Montreal, I'm from Montreal, let's be friends, let's just forget all this ever happened. Like, no, like Kevin's long-standing uh, real-life gimmick in WWE is the only guy who pays attention to anything that's happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like, he's the only one that makes, like, that makes you, that rewards you for paying attention and rewards you for being like, no, like, he, he reacts, like he's real. He's a real guy. Like, he reacts like any mm -hmm. normal person would react to his best friend or his frenemy or whatever he's called, sort of, like, kind of telling him to fuck off, right? So, it's, um, I, I don't think we give enough credit to how well Kevin has been throughout this whole thing. I mean, yeah, Sammy's had his moments. Yeah, Cody's Cody. But, like, Kevin is so important here because, in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking... He can still tell Sammy to fuck off after this, right? Like, and he certainly he will at some point. And he certainly will. He's still going to do it again one day. You know what I mean? But that's what makes it so interesting. And that's what makes it such a, a never-ending well to go to because you're always going to be interested in it because you know what it's going to happen again and they're destined to do this forever. So it, at least for now, at least in the storybook WrestleMania Hollywood version of this story, uh, they are on the same page. And I think it's it's going to be a good. It's going to be it's it, it was the perfect time to do it. I I had absolutely no qualms with how they handled that reunite this the, the the reunion on Friday night. Kevin Owens also low key is in the best shape of his career about the best oh, yeah. shape of his life. He I I after watching Friday I I would almost put a long odds bet on like Kevin Owens you know being the next Gunther a year from now. Like, Kevin Owens is just going to have just, like, giant, just, he's going to be all pecs and biceps and shoulders Ugh. a year from now. He looks, Gosh. he, man. Um, enough about bodies. The, uh, oh, wait, wait, Brian just sent us some breaking news on Twitter. WWE just broke news on Twitter. Fatal four-way tag team showcase, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, Viking Raiders versus Street Profits. Versus Alpha Academy. This is oh, at, at WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. Okay. All right. Cool. Get, yeah, get and they're doing the, they're doing there. the women's they're doing the women's sort of tourney to figure out who they think the people the teams who are going to be. In, I think they're going to do one for the women too. I think that was the that was the word that came down. Interesting. They're going to use Alpha Academy as a team. I'm sure it's going to be a showcase for Otis to do. I love Otis. Yeah. You know, and I kind of have that odd couple pairing. Um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be. That answers what is it with the Street Profits doing at WrestleMania, I guess, the question that we were asking last week. So, you know, it'll be, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. You know, you got to use your tag team somehow. Speaking of which, I think that, we, are we fairly confident now that, that Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair is going to main event night one? No. No? No. Now I'm, now I'm even less confident, right? Well, like, if, I mean, if the they pull do, apart if it, was cool. Yeah. I thought that it, some people seem to take it as a given just because they, it seems like logically like Rhea Ripley won, a, won the Royal Rumble. Also, okay. they seem to, you know, have an interest in having a women's match as one of the main events in the past and whatever of else. Course. Um, if they do go with the tag, with, with, with uh, Owens and Zayn versus the Usos on night one, do you know when the last time a tag team match main event at WrestleMania was? Oh my God, that is a good trivia question. 
Brian, you know? WrestleMania one. Yeah, right? that's the answer. Hulk yep. Hogan, Mr. <laughs> T, Roddy Piper, Paul Orndorff. Shoes, you tried to get me. I knew this one. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess this is whether or not, if this isn't the main event, main event. It might be, who knows? What if this match, they'll, they'll say it. What if they they'll give Cody? Say. What if they give Cody the Roman Reigns match, but they put that on night one or something, or just like open night two with it? Just let the tag match be the main event. That's the that's God. the trade off. Um, suck. <laughs> I, you know, I I, I I I just can't. Wait. I mean, imagine the thrill of the if Zayn and Owens win those titles, man. It's gonna be the roof's gonna come off. I think that reaction will be bigger than a Cody Rhodes winning the title, winning the universal title reaction. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not because yeah. it's the end of the night and everything else. But man, people's investment in the storyline is just so huge. There's something um, about just having two titles that, at the end of the show that just seems just so glorious. You know what I mean? Is. So, uh, yeah, I think we got to, we absolutely need to end uh, this bloodline storyline with Sami Zayn and some gold somehow. And I think this is a good way to get there first. G- oh, man. I hate the fact that now we're going to start doing our picks. We'll do picks next week or whatever, but I hate that we're having to start thinking about making WrestleMania picks, and I'm already thinking about the the backlash. Like, wrestle, like, like, the, <sighs> like, like angling towards the next pay-per-view. Obviously, you can get there any way you want. We talked about it. We talked about betting last week or whatever. The ending doesn't really... The, 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 the winner and loser don't really matter so much as how you tell the story, but still... Like when you were talking about, we were joking about Kevin turning on Sammy. It's like, well, if, you know, if we have, if, if they're teaming up at Backlash, then obviously the turn doesn't happen until then. But if it in a <laughs> vacuum, why not just have him win and turn on him at WrestleMania? I mean, there's just so much you could do with it. Um, do you think, Brian, I want you to answer this too. So just yes or no. Do you think in kayfabe, Kevin Owens was sincere about that hug? No. <laughs> not at all Kaz um I think he was sincere um I just think this time Sammy's gonna be the one to turn on him like I think I think eventually the next time it happens like that's I think that's what's gonna happen uh but no I think I don't think the story hits is different if you know cause it, it, you know mm. in kayfabe in kayfabe Kevin Owens is not a liar. Kevin Owens does not lie. He told him straight up for weeks. I don't like. I want. I want nothing to do with you since November. He well, said he didn't he's been lie. Very consistent. A, hug, a hug is not a, a hug. Doesn't change that. He, uh, didn't, he didn't say. He didn't say I want to be with you. He just hugged him. This is this is true. This is true. But I I, I just don't feel like Kevin Owens is, is is is. I think that's what makes him so unique. He's not disingenuous. He's very much. A, a, a real, he's a very he's super genuine. He's as genuine as they come, uh, without the diss. Um, but he, I just think, I think for this story to continue, it has to be, it has to be one of those things where I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be ready. I'm, I'm ready to be hurt again, guys. You guys that have, have brought me in together. This thing has been such an emotional roller coaster. My, Sammy and Kevin getting back together are kind of like I, my faith in the Knicks it, right now. I hope I hope that you're right because <laughs> it would spice things up. My own my 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 counterpoints are just are real basic ones. One, yes, the Kevin Owens powerbomb is just the greatest heel turn move. Like it's mm. just so much more effective than a Haluva kick for just conveying, lol, fu or whatever you know. I mean it and and that, and then. 
the whole, if it makes sense and it's cool, let's do it philosophy that this booking team seems to have. It, it makes a little <laughs> bit more sense. We've, you know, it's tried and true. And then also, I think more than anything else, just the questions that it raises. If Sami Zayn turns heel, I think a lot of people are going to say, regardless of whether or not it holds up to immediate logic, a lot of people are going to say, oh, he's going back to the bloodline. You know? So it's a, uh, it, might be, it might be too That's confusing. True. But it might be. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see what happens. And that's that's part of this joy, right? You know the story is not over. The story, yeah. dang, these stories might never end. I'm ready. I'm ready to get hurt again, guys. Like until the next breakup, I'm ready. <laughs> like just like the Knicks. I'm like, I have so much faith in you guys right now that I, even though I know eventually <laughs> you're going to break my heart again, <laughs> mm-hmm. right now, right in this moment, I'm ready. I'm ready I mean, I think to, to answer my own question, I think the more interesting part of Steen's character or the Steen, sorry, the, the Owen Zane relationship is that they are super close, but things like in real life get in the way of that. Right. They're both like driven men going, you know, trying to achieve something, uh, and trying to achieve things that are almost inherently at odds with one another. Yeah. But in kayfabe, you know, I mean, you know, in terms of that, like the story they've been telling, it sort of makes sense that if this would be part of a Kevin Owens rope-a-dope to sort of, get what he wants, but also actually get his revenge. I mean, get some measure of revenge on Sammy. Yeah, I still don't care about you, but you know, I'm it feels power like, you. yeah, yeah, no, I hear you on that, man. Like it, it just kind of, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, well, is there anything else from Friday night that we need to talk about? I mean, that was really the main, I mean, the big thing, the, the big part of the show. There's, yeah. there's been an internet debate about AEW. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's going to be a very honest and very uh No, um, this is a good one. This is a, this is a really discourse. interesting one. So they announced okay. I think Tony Khan announced that there's going to be a dream match that's coming Wednesday night on Dynamite. Okay. Kenny Omega versus v- Vikingo. Vic- I, I'm I'm never going to say it right. Vikingo. Hijo de Vikingo, but like that we just call him Vikingo. Just the great the most physically gifted wrestler in Mexico and most people have seen him if not um, in a match somewhere in the U.S. in the indie scene and on, you know, in the on gifts on Twitter or whatever. Um, if you haven't, by all means, go check him out. He is, you know, in the way that some of the, you know, guys we've talked about recently seem to, you know, defy gravity. He does it ten times more than them. I mean, he mm. just is the most amazing performer, um, just in terms of what he can do that you've ever seen. And Vikingo versus Omega in an AEW ring, won't be the first time meeting, uh, is indeed a dream match, but there's a lot of people online who are just like, you got to stop stop acting like every re- everybody that watches AEW is a diehard fan that watches 70 hours of wrestling a week and knows everything. Like, it's not a dream match if you haven't built to the match. It's your job to make it a dream match. You can't just say it's a dream match. Um, Conan, who obviously has, uh, you know, knows from what he speaks, said that uh popped up on twitter today to say well the reason he's the reason that they haven't announced it is be or the reason they didn't build to it is because of Kingo's hectic because of Kingo's hectic schedule they had to book it last minute he says i wish there would have been a build up but the best part is they will deliver i mean it's going to be a great match and now because of the stakes because they haven't had a chance to build up to it because they've called it a dream match they have to make it in one of the greatest matches we've ever seen on free television or whatever um I'm sort of the two minds about it. I agree if you want to get... I, I'm not going to be overly literal and say like, oh, you have to define dream match one way. Uh, 
yeah, would it be better if they had built it somehow and 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 had you know Kenny Omega cutting promos for the month leading up to it about how you know whatever? Sure, but also part of the joy of AEW is the sort of forbidden door thing that you can just you you can do something like that and introduce people like that. It won't be the first time we've seen somebody just come on the screen. And I mean, AEW has it's not exactly like one, two, three kids one after the other, but like. It, they will introduce somebody in the ring and and you fall in love with them in the ring and that's meaningful in a, in a different way than what we're used to. I just feel like people get a little bit caught up in the, you know, all we know is the WWE way of doing things, sort of way of looking at the world. But I don't know, what do you think? Did that, bo- first of all, did it bother you when you saw a dream match, a dream match pop up with a wrestler that has never been on AEW TV? No, I, it didn't bother me as much as I think it bothered a lot of other people. Uh, I know I kind of come, I kind of see myself being in the same sort of side as you as far as, um, you know, making a dream match. Uh, it's your job to make it a dream match, right? Uh, but at the same time, the way I looked at it, just sight unseen, is, you know, if you're calling it a dream match, it, it fuck sure better be. Right. Like at the yeah. at the end of the day, I'm sitting there like, OK, well, I guess I got to go Google who this guy is. And then that's exactly what I did. I, I looked up and I seen all the flippy shit. And I'm like, oh, OK, this guy is an absolute insane man. This is going to be an incredible match. And I've heard of him for a while, but like I didn't really, you know, see like sit down and see an entire match. I would just see his name sort of pop up in like, you know, Twitter com- uh, conversations or Reddit conversations or whatever. Um, but I'll say this. You are that fan though, AEW. <laughs> like when when a, if there's AEW fans saying like, "Oh, I'm tired of them just assuming we watch everything and just popping people on there and you know whatever," I'm like, "No, but you have to understand like that's who you are. Like yeah. that's 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 the show you built. That's the reason why AEW even fucking exists, mm-hmm. right? Like there weren't a shit ton of video packages showing you a bunch of these other people that you now truly love." They know how you think. They know if Tony Khan gets on TV and said, this is a dream match, and Kenny Omega, who hasn't wrestled a singles match in a long-ass time, is wrestling a singles match with this guy, which was rescheduled from two years ago because of the pandemic and all this other stuff, there's going to be half people that's going to say, oh my God, this is a dream match. And this this is the AEW audience. There's going to be half of those audience, a portion of that audience that says, oh my God, dream match, can't wait to see it, I'm ready. And there's going to be the other uh, portion of that people that's going to say, this is a dream match, I guess I got to see who this guy is, you know what I mean, and do it myself. But I know we're very conditioned, I'm very conditioned into seeing the video package, the promo, the build-up, whatever. A lot of times, though, as good as that is and as tried and true as that is, People don't understand. A lot of time, a lot of shit can go wrong between the the video package and the promo and the match, right? Like, yeah. not wrong in the sense of like, well, you know, people I, get injured, I, but like, I don't some people may know lose the, interest. I don't know the answer to this. I'm just saying it because it just occurred to me. Would it have been better or worse if they had him appear unannounced and have Excalibur and Shivani be like, "Holy shit, that's Vikingo! What's he doing here?" Yes, yes. Is yes. that better? Because because to me, the tweet no. that calls it a dream match is part of the hype. It's not like there's been no hype. Yeah. That's the beginning of the shot. It's like if there was a, if there was a UFC card this weekend or like if there's a UFC card in two weeks and with, and the week before they said, Oh, we've got one shot. Like there's one date open on the calendar with this, 
foreign heavyweight you've never heard of before and John Jones is, is willing to take him on, we're putting it on the card, right? And like, if you, <laughs> you and I have not heard, like the diehards know who this fighter is. It's like peak, you know, uh, Bob Sapp or like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like Fedor. Like, like, like we've never heard of him. He's like fighting behind the, you know, right. the Iron Curtain or something like that. And you're just like, oh, what? Who's this guy? And you're just like, you're t- take me at my word. We're gonna do some video trailers and stuff like that. But like, this is John Jones, Fido, Fido, whoever this person is. It's gonna happen. You're gonna people tune in for that. That's how real yeah. fighting works. It's a physical contest. They'll figure yeah. out the hype along the way. Yeah. Um, and hype this can is, be done in, in different ways. It doesn't have to be one way to hype you up. The fact that yeah. we're even having this conversation and there was so much discourse on there, there you go. is part of the hype of seeing this match. Gorilla hype. Gonna, Gorilla yeah. hype. That's what like, they're doing here. If we're going to come out and say it's a dream match, it better fucking be a dream match or you're going to have this audience that you know is going to shit on you if it's not. But they know enough about Vakengo uh, and Kenny Omega to understand that it's going to be a fire match. It's just fans trying to tell people how to do their jobs, which is understandable, which is what we all do, which is fun, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, that's the audience you built, AEW. Like, they, you are conditioned to not have the three-minute long video package or the four-week promo build-up run until finally getting a match. You have been well-conditioned to debut Brian Danielson on AEW TV, and then a week or two weeks later, he's at fucking... Arthur Ashe Stadium wrestling Kenny Omega. And that's Brian Danielson. That's the guy who fucking headlined WrestleMania. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you, you'll be all right. Well, you know? like, just, I th- and I think right. just to take every, I mean, putting it totally in a vacuum at its very mm. basic, if this is the only way, if, if Tony Khan found out two seconds before he, t- he tweeted that, that he could, that he had one shot with Vikingo, it's going to be next Wednesday. It's the only time he's going to have him for the calendar year minimum. What, yep. should, he, should he not put the match on? Or, or if he's that that deal that everybody says he is, are you going to put him in a match with what, like Sammy Guevara or somebody, or like you're yeah. going to put him on with somebody who you know is going to gather headlines? You're going to put him in there with somebody who's absolutely going to, you know, who's your ace, which is I guess Kenny. You know what I mean? So I, I get it. It seems like from the you know the context clues I'm gathering around it, like he's not going to be a regular. You only kind of got him. Uh, on a, on a trial basis, it's a, it's a, it was a quick thing. It's a one shot deal. You know what I mean? Use him to the best of your fucking abilities. You know what I mean? And then just know yeah. that he'll be out of here. Sort of like Osprey. Sort of like a, a bunch of the guys, the Okadas, everybody who's come over during the F- Forbidden Door era. You know what exactly. I mean? Like that's just kind of how it rolls. And for the how, people who that's are how like it works w- in real combat sports anyway. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. It's like for the people who are just can only see this through a WWE lens. And we see we lean WWE a lot of the time, but for people who can only see this through their WWE lens, imagine <laughs> imagine this. Imagine if the night, the day two of WrestleMania, Sunday morning, Triple H is awakened by George Carlin coming out of a time machine, and he's just like, "You won't believe it, I've got Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat." from 1988 right here with me right now and they want to wrestle at Wrestlemania tonight. What are you going to say? No, just because there hasn't been any buildup. No, those two guys are going second to last. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it's also Wrestlemania. You know what I mean? Wrestlemania is a brand name like Pepsi. It's a brand name. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like Dynamite's not there yet. Dynamite's trying to get there and I think I understand. So that's no, it's the a part. TV show. I'm just saying it's a bigger stage. There should be a higher bar for doing it. But you know, okay, it's, so, a, right, oh, it's, a, it's a dream it, match. It even, it's a dream I'll match. It, it does. They don't have to explain to us how it's a dream match. 
people will get into it. I'll make it even palatable for other people out there. WWE did it last year. (laughs) They did it last year. They're like, yo, Seth Rollins is having a match with a guy. You don't know what's gonna be, but man, you're gonna you can't wait for it. You're right. If you didn't ever, if you only watch WWE, if you didn't watch all that other wrestling in the world, you might not even know who Cody Rhodes, the Cody Rhodes, I mean, Cody Rhodes quit and went back to college five years ago, you know? <laughs> went back to this whole planet with Poochie or some shit, yeah. right? <laughs> That's what you would have thought. All right, so how about this. Uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania day two happens, right? AJ Styles is all of a sudden fucking off the mend. And he's like, oh yeah. man, I feel good. My legs feel good. Oh man, I want a match, right? Mm-hmm. AJ Styles just goes out there and waits for a fucking match. Fucking Switchblade Jay Wright's music hits. So whatever fucking oh, yeah. music they get to him, he goes on there. You think people are going to be upset about that? Of course not. But it's WrestleMania. Like, mm-hmm. WrestleMania is different. And I understand that. It's not dynamite. It's not a random-ass dynamite on in the middle of March. Which, I mean, it's not so random. It's March, is, March, April is like wrestling utopia, right? So if you're going to mm-hmm. put on some bangers, now's the time to fucking do it, right? Because more people are going to be watching wrestling around this time than they probably will the entire year. So I see both sides. Um, I just lean to the to the thought of AEW fans, no, this is who you are. Like, you don't need the long video package. You are not, you are very loudly and very but, but I guess the bigger question is should WWE w- fans. No, like, but that's like, the question is should AEW be acting like they have a bigger fan base than that? Like should they be th- that's the more existential question. I don't think it matters is the is the yeah. answer. But but I but but should it's not just who you are as AEW fans, it's the AEW fans aren't complaining. The okay, so let me let me let me be, let me ask you as a as a TV producer or somebody who's produced content before, Dave, right? Mm-hmm. It's March Madness, all right? It's March Madness going on right now. You're yeah. on Turner. Your uh, NBA on playoff push is happening right now. You're getting every single. I've watched a shit ton of Turner in the past several days. Right, mm-hmm. every commercial has been a commercial for AW All Access or AW Dynamite. Right, mm-hmm. you got ten seconds to promote your show. Are you gonna say, "Yo," uh, in the middle of while Joel Embiid is shooting a free throw? Hey, tune into AW Dynamite. Van Kengo, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or some guy you've never heard of, is wrestling Kenny Omega. Tune in; it's going to be fantastic. What, yeah. what What do you do? You know what I mean? Like you're not necessarily in that position. You know, like that's you're not that fan. You're not that fan. You are not that fan. AEW fan. Like as much as you say, you know what you what what is best for the the, the health of that show. You don't. Because mm-hmm. you kind of prove it every single week, right? Because look at what we're doing. Look at what you did when you when you got when you didn't get a promo video about a guy that you already knew about, but you want other people to know about. Yeah, you want other people to give a fuck about the fact that you say that you're not this. This proves that you absolutely are this type of fan. And in some weird fuck shit of like backwards magic. You are now creating hype for this match and making it a dream match. So it's, you could say a lot of things about AEW and how they run. They know their fucking audience. They know who they're catering to. They know who they're getting excited about. So all that other stuff, you can miss me with it. You you mentioned that WWE did this at WrestleMania last year. Really great point. Um, Mm. Just totally, just so forget everything else we just talked about. 
If Cody Rhodes left WWE in 2016, he was Stardust at the time of his leaving, right? At the time of his departure? Yes. If, if he left in 2016 playing that character and for whatever reason, you only watch WWE TV, you never heard of him until he popped up at WrestleMania last year. You didn't follow a single thing. What would you have guessed Cody Rhodes was doing in like January 2022? I would have guessed if I had no idea. Like if AEW didn't exist and the last night thing he was was Stardust. You just don't have access to AEW. You live in a weird hyperbaric chamber where the only wrestling you can get is WWE. I would say, I, w- I, would, I would guess Cody Rhodes uh, is a, a digital content producer for <laughs> <laughs> for Marvel Comics. Oh, that's <laughs> so, not bad. Not bad, not bad. You know, I would like, immediately not- just go like Atlanta area real estate agent. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. He, he would either Atlanta real estate agent or like Cody Rhodes uh, Chevrolet on Route 19, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or Cody Rhodes Kia, you know what I mean? Like, he definitely, he definitely owned a no, few No, it's gotta like, be an American car. Get it oh, right. Okay, all right, so it's gotta be Chevrolet. Okay, like, Cody Cody Rhodes Chevrolet, come down and we'll make a dream out of your truck and did it do do and then he just, <laughs> he'd be out yeah, there with John Brian, Stark, what, Brian, so what would you guess? <laughs> um, fitness model. <laughs> hey, yo! <laughs> He is a he is a handsome man. He's a he's a he's good a looking man. man. Yeah, 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 or like yeah, you look you look at Stardust and you see him. He's put on the weight. Yeah. Like well, with him, time, you know? with, the, with the passage of time, though, he might not be in that kind of shape anymore. I mean, I guess the passage of time, he might not be. He might have started off as a car dealer, and now he's running. He's doing local politics. Mm. Oh, Rhodes could definitely he could definitely be a uh, Peloton instructor. One thousand percent. Yeah, like I could I see. I don't him. think you're giving the guy enough credit. That dude could be the governor of Georgia, or governor of whatever. <laughs> well, depends on his political affiliation, joking. I guess. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, we got. I think Raw tonight is going to be a big one. It seems like we're going to have you know Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and and separate Cody Rhodes, um, Roman Reigns segment. Um, Grayson Waller, I think, might be there to hype up his Johnny Gargano match from from for the NXT show. Uh, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a big one. Um, what else? Is there anything else that we that we that we left off this week? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. Um, Can I just give a, a quick shout out to uh, Zelina Vega and her mo- her time in the ring with Rhea Ripley on Friday? Yo, yes. Can we just get that like, one-on-one match at some point? Just pencil that in for for one of these upcoming shows. I'm so glad we're getting like babyface Zelina too, right? Like she's got a lot of Lita in her, man. Like probably even more than Lita. You know, like she's uh she's incredibly underrated in the ring. You know, uh, she's got an incredible lucha style. Like she, her and Rhea Ripley, and I feel like Rhea Ripley's sort of like the perfect sort of um, base for a lot of oh, yeah. uh, Zelina's awesome sort of offense. You know what I mean? And like she got to work babyface for like the first time I think ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yo, WWE's got something there. So I mean, like whatever yeah. happens at WrestleMania with this uh, SmackDown Championship, like. 
you know, you could tell, like, even with, like, the video game stuff and, like, all, like, the branded content that's been going around her and putting her with the Legato del Fantasma, there's definitely going to be, like, a high investment. In there was a point where it was a little bit too conspicuous that everybody on SmackDown or whatever, or, like, everybody who's coming, being called up to the main roster in the Triple H era was just, like, a faction with, like, three dudes and a woman, you right. know? And, but... Because it always, I don't really know what the look is unless you're going for some like intergender war games, whatever battle bowl set up in the future. It actually be, could be really cool for the women's division if it's all these like women that are coming out with their like three man backup groups, you know, they're crawling cool. outside the <laughs> ring. You know, I mean, that's a that's a cool look for it's a good way to line up Rhea Ripley opponents if she wins. Mm-hmm. Um, the rundown, the rest of SmackDown, really quick. Uh, Woods over uh, LA Knight. Um, yeah. I like that they're actually doing the LA Knight is on a losing streak thing instead of it. So it's sort of embracing the meta storyline. Um, <laughs> I guess there's still a lot of questions surrounding Bray Wyatt, by the way. So I will figure uh, Meltzer seemed to insinuate now there's an illness involved. I'm not exactly sure, but we'll 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 stick stay away from that for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley segment I thought was really cool too. You mentioned that earlier. Um, uh, I like I turned it on during that segment. Uh, when it was airing live mm-hmm. and thought that Charlotte's outfit was like new ring gear for her. Uh, let me just say that should be new ring gear for her. I thought she looked like a fucking superhero. I love yeah. that. It's a great look. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus have the no contest. We're clearly, uh, I think we're officially headed for a triple threat match. Those two versus going to WrestleMania. Um, I, I think it's going to be a banger. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a banger. Yeah. When was I the last so. time that you went in that we went into WrestleMania weekend where a banger was the front runner for match of the weekend? You know what I'm saying? We're like a we're just like a big man slobber knocker was the mm. front runner for match of the weekend. I can't even think of one. Man, I can't think of one either. I feel like I mean, there have been, of course, have been New Japan. I mean, well, all Japan shows, New Japan shows. Uh, there have been old WCW shows, you know, where they're, but I mean, the Van Vaders of the world. I mean, just, depending, like, the depending, on, out of, depending on what type of wrestling you love, like, I kind of had a feeling Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar 3 was going to be like just a classic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, not in the sense of what Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus have the, uh, you know, the potential to do, but I, that's the only thing I could think of, of like just two big men. I mean, Bobby and Drew was pretty good uh, opening up uh, Tampa WrestleMania a few years ago. I think that was a pretty underrated WWE title match, and, and I think Bobby went over uh, for that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this. There probably hasn't been a big man, and I, I can't even really call Gunther a big man anymore since he's so fucking spelt. But, um, you know, I don't think there's been a big man on this long of a streak of just fucking incredible singles matches and title matches uh, like Gunther has going into WrestleMania. So I think that's what kind of makes this different than all the other hoss fights that we can look forward to uh, at WrestleMania. So um, I don't know, man. It's going to be great. I've been such a huge huge fan of his for the past several years and seeing him like at his first this is his first wrestlemania correct he's going to his he first debut, WrestleMania. did he debut monday the, the day after wrestlemania last yeah, year yeah yeah so this is his first wrestlemania and it's not even like a big deal right like no. it's like he's going in as the dominant fucking champion mm-hmm. and like the guy who's had the, the arguably the match of the year last year 
uh, several match of the year candidates and outside of Roman Reigns' reign has the longest, most like, oh my God, who's going to be all, the guy to take the title? The, like almost all of WWE's match of the year candidates are in this match, right? <laughs> it's yeah. <just> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know this could be, this could be a huge win. This could be really, really big. So I, I'm excited to see that one made official. And I'm excited to see what they do with the triple threat. You know, they can, obviously they've, all these guys have worked some multi-person matches before, but in this mm-hmm. sort of run, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do. Um, all right, we got to get out of here. One question before we go. Because I yes, really want to, I feel like we haven't been controversial enough in this one. This morning, I saw a tweet uh, from Trevor Dame, great wrestling follow on Twitter. Uh, here's what he said. It amazes me. Oh, this is from yesterday, by the way. It amazes okay. me that so many people don't know the point of a good wrestling shirt, which is that no one but other wrestling fans should be able to look at it and know you're a wrestling fan. The most popular wrestling shirts of all time are stuff like NWO, Austin 316, Bullet Club, not giant picture of wrestler and outrageous catchphrase (laughs) in bold font. I want to disguise that I'm a fan. Just give a wink to those who know. And then he gets very personal. He says, I've owned two wrestling shirts in my life, both from when I was very young, a Bret Hart one my mom bought me as a surprise and an NWO. I wore the NWO one all the time. The Bret one, I think I wore twice. Why? Because the NWO one just looked cool in a generic way. I could wear it in a variety of situations. Meanwhile, I loved Bret Hart, but also loved having a sliver of hope that my high school crush might not <laughs> think I was dumb. And guess what? <laughs> went out. <laughs> Shout out to Trevor Dame. I will go on the record and say I liked that. I hearted that tweet right yes, off the top. That uh, was a good tweet. I, I believe that. And I believe it as a designer, as someone with like an artistic sensibility. I would love to wear a wrestling shirt every day. But like, you know, there's a reason why, like, I don't buy, I mean, I'll buy, so I'll, every year at WrestleMania, I'll buy a shirt, you know, right. sort of my tribute. I'm now, paying now my, I'm paying, we, I'm paying my tithe. Are we being, okay, so let's be, are we, are we talking wrestling merch, like shirts about wrestling or adjacent to wrestling, or are we talking about straight up WWE slash whatever company shirts that like the wrestlers wear and make popular yeah. like the nwo also. like you would okay. rather right. have i would rather wear a ko shirt than a sammy zane with sammy uso with tape over it yeah. zane shirt <laughs> and even that one is just words I've, right? I've worn i've worn a kevin owens shirt on mtv before when i was on charlemagne's uh uncommon sense several years ago <laughs> now uh, some of this i you got i got to admit some of this has been tempered by the fact that like we wear shirts ironically in a way that we didn't in, in, in a way that we didn't before right because okay. i'm not going to go buy a cody rhodes shirt with like the ripped american flag and like way just like crazy lettering but like i'll wear a dusty rose shirt that's just as fucking gaudy you know <laughs> that's like that's that's 20 years old like i like i don't Gosh. have any problem doing that well yes you bring out because that's old... vintage though like you, there's there's vintage which right, is cool but vintage is a sensibility and you can you can sort of you know people can get away with wearing whatever uh right. but but man i would much rather i mean listen I get like I I don't even I look at WWE shop a lot but like I have never uh, like I will google like to check out what the the Supla SPLX store has and never bought anything cuz their like stock is way low but like because like it's a cool wrestling it's a wrestling brand that nobody except wrestling fans knows what it is right yes, the reason yes, why we wear yes. like the roots of fight even with the wrestlers on it cuz it's like it's just cool clothes it's not necessarily secret but right. it's like cool clothes first and foremost and wrestling second um I don't know, man. I, I, it's got to be cool I'm first. I'm all about this. 
It's got to be cool first. And you know why I'm thinking about this? I said Cody Rhodes, but it's because of Drew McIntyre, who's had some like kind of cool shirts, but like it's no, like I'm not going to wear Drew (laughs) with a sword and a dragon. And it's a cool version of that shirt. They're doing great work for that shirt. Kids probably love that shirt. I'm not telling WWE what they should make. They'd probably know better than me. Sure. But, but man. If I could have, if I, if I, if I could be a WWE consultant for the, for the merch department, man, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would make, I would make a line of clothes that all the nerds like me would be excited to have. You think you can, you think selling one shirt a year to an idiot like me is, is the, is the ceiling? No, 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 no. I wear the same fucking five shirts all week long. (laughs) I, I have five of the same shirt from the sporting goods store that's two miles away. I'm not even going to mention them. I don't even think they sell the shirt anymore because I found the shirt. I was like, this is a shirt that works for me. I bought all of them that they had in stock. Right. Yes. Yes. Right yes. now I'm wearing a target brand shirt that I also have like three or four of, because you know what? It works. If I could find this shirt that just had one, like on the pocket, just had a freaking offhanded reference to the street profits. I would wear it every day of my life. Yo, it's a, it's a, see, here's the thing. How is there not a, we want the smoke shirt that's just very ambiguous that yeah. you could wear anywhere? Well, there's that, a limit to where you can wear we want the smoke mm, to just in general. But yes, true, your point true, is made. That's true. It is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a phrase that lived beyond wrestling, right? I want, like, I want a boutique of black t shirts, black polo shirts, just the, the simple, and black long sleeve shirts, maybe sweatshirts. It's just, Simple, straightforward street where you could wear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like who? Who's not? Who's not investing in that? I would. I would seriously. I would buy. The, it's. It's like I don't know if you have this thing with your kid, Kaz. But yes. when people are like, "Oh, what should I get my little your little baby?" Like, what do they need? For, they don't need anything. Okay. Here's <laughs> here's how you go shopping for a little kid, Brian. You know this too. It's like you want to buy a present for a kid. You buy him something really, really basic that you yes. know they already have. You buy him the stuffed bunny. You buy him a blanket. And you just hope that it wins out. That's all yes. you can really do, right? You're not going to buy <laughs> yep. a thing. You're not going to say, "Oh, I read about this like new gimmick online that a baby needs." Maybe you're, maybe you can integrate. No, you're, no, no one's integrating some new idea that they no. heard about from a gift into their baby's no. routine. Get them a blanket. Hope that it becomes their favorite blanket. That's the best you can do, right? That's all I'm saying here. We already have these shirts. We're already buying shirts. You buy me we're, one shirt. If someone says, what do you want for Christmas, David? Buy me another black wrestling shirt that's just the same as the one I already have. I'll wear it on Tuesdays. That's all I'm saying. This is such a guy's dad <laughs> part of the podcast, right? It's like, yo, we just we just do what works. Just do what works. Just play the hits. Like, just do, <laughs> just do what gets me to the next day when you're a parent, right? That, that applies yeah. to shirts. That applies to uh, 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 presents. That applies to everything here. Yeah, That's- maybe it's not streetwear. Maybe I just want the WWE dad shop. It's like the, it's like the <laughs> same basic outfit over and over again. And also some really inoffensive baby stuff. So I don't want. I want baby stuff that I can put my kid in that doesn't make it look like I'm a wrestling fan. Now that would be really helpful. Give my kid a shirt where I, where I don't have to walk down the street and everybody just be like, "Look at this freaking nerd making his kid wear on a Steve Austin T-shirt." You know, like. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you. I don't need though. that. I don't need to give my kid my own complexes. <laughs> <laughs> This anyway. came from a very personal place, dude. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, don't, I, I didn't plan to go here today. I, I just, I didn't, you I didn't you know, mentioned but... Drew McIntyre. I remembered the tweet. Um, <laughs> anyway. 
I hope everybody sticks around. Uh, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, Wale Mania tickets are on sale now. Get them while they are. Uh, they're almost sold out. Uh, I'll run through our confirmed guest list uh, right now so you can get really, really excited uh, about everybody coming to Wale Mania. Carmelo Hayes, Jay Cargill, Mech Dot, Smoke Dizza, MVP, Cedric Alexander, Big Swole, Trick Williams, Faye Jackson, Absolute Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Swerve Strickland, Leo Rush, DJ Who Kid, DJ TJ Banks, Trinity Fatu, the guest of honor, uh, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa, who will be the guests on the Mass Man Show Live. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Ricochet, Samantha Irvin, uh, Soraya, DJ Money, uh, Idris Ndofe, Spliff TV, EJ Ndoka, Guapdad 4000, and of course, my brother Wale. Uh, the embassy will also be in there. Trisha Dora, the Renegade Twins, uh, Moljabari, and so many more people that I can't announce yet, but trust me. Randy Savage, Randy Savage, and uh, and and Ricky Steamboat coming out of a time machine will be there as well. That's a promise. It's, it's somebody tweeted it's the summer jam of WrestleMania, and I'm like, that's pretty spot on. Like, if, if you ever been to Summer Jam, yeah, that's pretty much the wrestling version of this uh, the, uh, on on WrestleMania weekend. So get your tickets. You can't made it happen. See you Congratulations. Woo, we made it happen. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for it. Remember to listen to everything on. Uh, the Ringer Wrestling Show. We got a lot of cool st- stuff coming up. I uh, just want to give uh, shout out to my uh, childhood friend, Sean Bailey, who passed away. Um, I just found out this morning. He was not a diehard wrestling fan, but man, he humored me and my wrestling fandom for a long time. Uh, uh, just an absolute Louisville, Kentucky icon. Uh, we love you, Sean. Love you, Bailey family. Um, apologies as always to Johnny Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids. Peace.